The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, I.J. Salveson. Lots of different things to get through. The Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, the, the the LCS is now set for the American League and the National League. Championship series for the American League, Astros and Yankees. And in the National League, two upset specials, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Nationals. So the favorite teams won out in the American League and those who were not went out of the National League. So interesting to see how it's all coming together. We'll update you on what happened last night with uh, with the Astros and the Rays. Astros were able to get some things done. Jumped out early on the Rays and then held on. Uh, and how does uh, that next round now look for those teams? Uh, there was a game in the NFL last night. It was part of our uh, pick six. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. And uh, even though the Giants didn't start like more than half of their offensive guys, uh, they still made an effort of it. And uh, the, it took the Patriots a little while to get rolling, but they they got rolling eventually. And then uh, there was a, the Aggie Madness last night up in the Wayne Estes Center. Utah State men's basketball, women's basketball, put on a show, had the three-point contest, had the dunk contest. A little bit of a scrimmage. Uh, and uh, then we've also got high school football going on tonight. We'll update you on who's playing where, how you can follow along, what radio stations, uh, where the matchups are, how that might play into the RPI and the region standings. It's the final game of region games for Region 11. And then we've got some really great college football games this weekend. Some of them are big historic rivalries. And so that'll get us into our Friday Five Best. What are the five best rivalries in college football. Uh, if you'd like to weigh in on that, we'd love to hear your your thoughts on what you think the five best rivalries are in college football. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at E. Franson. That's at E-F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N. And he's at A.J. Salvi. A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y. Very good, Eric. Very good. We've been practicing that for yes. the last few weeks on pronouncing that Twitter. I'm getting better at my That's letters. a good job. You are doing really good, Eric. Oh, good. Hey, Ajay, I didn't get a chance to get up to Aggie Madness. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on, but just your, your first initial reactions to what you saw last night. <laughs> this men's basketball team is going to be good, and if you don't have season tickets yet or you don't have tickets for the games, you might want to go get them like now. In fact, fans who were there, by the way, when I say fans, I mean standing room only. Uh, I guarantee you that they are at least going to the ticket office today or very soon to go grab their season tickets. That's how good this basketball team is going to be. Um, this is exciting. I, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for the season to get going. I'll leave it there. Uh, we do have Coach Smith audio. Uh, we'll play that. Uh, it, I just, I'm sorry, my bad, Eric. I just loaded it into our folder. Um, 
It's in there month. somewhere. Yeah, I put it into our folder this month. Sorry, I just... Ajay. I, what? You had one job. Yeah, I did it. I went to the IU Madison and I got the audio. Oh, there it is. How was uh, meteorating? <laughs> I, I prefer how you pronounce it, meat aerating. Yeah, how was meat aerating? Uh, well, I didn't get to go to the Aggie Madness, so couldn't have been that great. But you were excited not to have to go to Aggie Madness. You were excited no, to go wasn't. to the meat aerating. No, I was not. Yeah, you were. You told me. You're like, you know what? I don't get to go to Aggie Madness, but I get to go do meat aerating. I'm you, excited. <laughs> meat aerating. You think I'd, I'd rather stand in front of a crowd of people for two and a half hours. I'm just quoting you. Asking questions to political candidates than going watching Utah State basketball. I don't know. Something about you having the center of attention always draws you to it. I was so. not the center of attention. Well, I was off to the side. Oh, really? They probably heard your voice more than they heard the candidates. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. So we'll hear from Craig Smith. He uh, uh, spoke to the media a little bit afterwards. Man, he is extremely, extremely grateful for that crowd to show up. Uh, and he'll talk about why and, and what it means. And um, yeah, and we'll get into that more later in the night. Eric, but uh, tonight is Region 11 High School Football. It's the region finale, believe it or not. I mean, it feels like yesterday we went to Salem Hills and did the opening game, and we're now in the region, well, the final region game of the year. And some big ones lay ahead for a couple teams. Ridgeline Mountain Crest are one of those. Yes, that's really big. Um, Yeah, because really what happens in the standings, I don't think it's going to adjust a whole lot, but Ridgeline and Mountain Crest, that's... It's been a rivalry since day one. I mean, since Ridgeline split off and created that uh, the new school, yep. there was instant hard feelings about who, what happened and who chose to go to the what school and who chose to stick around. Um, so even, you throw out the records on that one. Yeah, absolutely. This is just – and by the way, there's still bitter feelings. There's still I'll – I'll say the word. I'll, there's still a little bit of hatred there. Well, this senior class – for Ridgeline is the first graduating senior class for Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been at Ridgeline their whole time, but all their upperclassmen for them while they were there were all people that had connections to Mountain Crest. Yep. And it, it, so there's there's some crossover. There's still some bad blood. It, uh, no, there, there absolutely is a little bit of hatred there. Um, it, that's not even – I'm not going to sugarcoat any of that. Um, and, they, I mean – I talked to a couple people uh, from the, the Hiram area, and they, they don't like Ridgeline. I mean, like they strongly dislike Ridgeline. And with that, you also got to put in the football aspect of it, Eric, where the RPI standings still stand where they are. A Mountain Crest win almost assures them that they'll get a first-round bye. Yes. It, I mean, I'd say 95% assures them of a first-round bye. That's so big for Eric, a team that started 0-4 in preseason and has worked their way up to having a first-round bye. That's huge. Give a lot of credit to the Mustangs and how they've turned things around. Yep. Right. They're number 10 right now in the RPI standings. Still two games. One tonight, and then there's one on they Wednesday. They go to Bountiful next so Wednesday, yep. what happens tonight may not be the end-all, be-all of I, what happens. Because there still could be some Well, movement. and I think it would be because Bountiful last, I mean, obviously Bountiful is two and something. They're way deep in their 5A RPI, not even close. I don't think a loss to Bountiful on the road would be as uh, excruciating as a loss to Ridgeline at Ridgeline tonight. It is uh, playing up against a higher division, but mm-hmm. 
Uh, you're right. Bountiful I mean, is a very, very low team. Yep. Low rankings in 5A. Hey, another game I'm looking forward to, uh, aside from the football reasons of it, Eric, is Green Canyon tonight. Uh, they, uh, I believe they get uh, Logan, and fr- but there's more to it than uh, football, and uh, for a very special reason, Eric. Yes. Sorry. You went there before I was ready. <laughs> yes. So we got notified this week, uh, just the other day, of a really cool moment that's going to be happening tonight when Green Canyon has their um, their game tonight against Logan. It's senior night. It's the last game of the regular season for the Wolves. Um, but uh, got this notice that uh, their team manager, Johnny Stott, uh, he's been managing the team for the last couple of years. Uh, coaches gave him a jersey, and he's uh, he's got some uh, disabilities, physical disabilities. Very smart kid, though. Um, this is a guy that did some things online uh, in the off season in the in the summertime to continue to uh, pass classes and get things uh, figured out so he can graduate early. Uh, but he's always been one to try to make some things happen. Uh, been very involved with whatever he can do. Uh, try to always prove people wrong that he can do more than what they expect of him. And so, what's cool is that uh, he is. The coaches are going to have him as the the starter, the designated starter for tonight uh, when Green Canyon uh, hosts Logan. So he's going to get one play. And uh, I love how this notice that was sent to us says, game time forecast calls for 100% chance of tears. Very cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Go, Uh, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, And it is pretty neat. Um, You know, I remember when I got a chance. So, I mean, of course, I was was the water boy. But I got, for four years, but I got a chance to play in the two games, homecoming and senior night for Mountain Crest my senior year. And it's it was a special experience. Now, um, I didn't gain any yards. I didn't. I think I caught one pass, but I fumbled it and was returned for a touchdown. Uh, but the experience was awesome. Like having the whole entire student body like chant my name, and you're on the field and you're trying. And we run an old huddle offense, so I, I'm looking at the sideline and the coach is sitting on the play, but my ears are just elsewhere. Because you can see, like, behind them, this whole entire, like, crowd just jumping up and down. And you're like, holy crap, that's for me. <laughs> and the coach is like, AJ, what? Get up on the ball. And I'm, like, seven yards off the ball. I'm not even close to being lined up correctly. So I have to go stand on the ball. I look at the ref. I look at And then he kind of, so, I, you know, I give him the signal of, like, am I good to, you know, am I lined up? And he all he does is he points in the opposite direction, and the play's already started. I'm like, Oh crap! So I go and I, I like nudge this kid in the shoulder pads. I like nudge him and I stare him down, and he's like, "Get the away from me!" And I was like, "Okay, see you later." And I ran off. <laughs> so no, it, it's a cool experience, and and I'm sure it'll be a great one at Green Canyon tonight. Again, if you are able to go, go see that. Uh, and and obviously this like this kid must be very well respected for the team. The administration of the school decide to do this. Tell says a lot about this kid. In itself, it really does. So, so Johnny, he was born with a rare genetic mutation, uh, muscles in his legs, feet, arms, shoulders, in his face, uh, partially paralyzed or totally paralyzed in some areas. But um, he hasn't let that stop him. 
He's uh, been willing to get in the pool, into the deep end, and try to swim and try to make things happen. He did things with the Green Canyon Ultimate Frisbee team, who won their uh, state tournament. Uh, he was the handle for that. Um, so uh, he, anyway, he's you know, the, the the annual Greenville Mile took extra time every year, waiting for hundreds of children to repeat the course in order to finish with Johnny. So very cool to see how this community has rallied around this kid, and who was uh, had the attitude of trying to still make it happen despite his disabilities. And so really cool that this coaching staff is going to honor him and recognize him for what he's been able to do and uh, give him opportunity to shine in front of everybody. Because sometimes not everybody knows the story or knows what's going on. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And he's a fighter too, and that's awesome. And we wish Johnny the best for tonight and and uh, hope he does well. So. Yeah, uh, so as I mentioned this earlier, he skipped his junior year, took all of his classes online so that he could be a senior and graduate with his friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. I guess he's a big BYU fan, too. Well... We won't hold that against him. Yes, we will, actually. <laughs> no, we won't. But and- very cool for Johnny Stott. Um, really appreciate uh, the folks that have passed this along to us. Uh, get to the Green Canyon game tonight. Should be a very, very special beginning of the game uh, as he gets that uh, a jersey and an opportunity to help start the football game tonight. And so if you can't make it, though, and you still want to tune in, that game will be on a couple different places where you can catch it. So Craig Hislop will be doing the play-by-play with John Russell. Those guys do a great, great job. That'll be on 100.9 FM. And since they're playing Logan, it'll also be on KVNU, 610 AM and 102.1 FM. Uh, streaming online at kvnutalk.com or on the KVNU mobile app for those keeping track at home. So that's a big game uh, for not only that, but uh, Green Canyon trying to keep their position as the number three team in 4A um, and to try to keep pace with uh, some of the other schools that are going uh, around them. So uh, Green Canyon and uh, and Logan. Uh, Logan, on the other hand, trying to see if they can win more than, than that one game in a region play, try to improve their standing as well. But uh, as the standings are, Skyview is number two, the number two team in the state, the only undefeated team in a region play right now. Green Canyon, number three in the state. They're ahead of Mountain Crest, though, in the RPI standings, even though Mountain Crest is 3-1 and one and Green Canyon is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Bear River is 12th in the state RPI rankings, Logan 15th, and Ridgeline 16th. And so the other games that are going on, we mentioned Green Canyon and Logan. Uh, Ridgeline is hosting Mountain Crest, as we talked about. That'll be on 104.5 FM with Dave Simmons. And we think Nick Zollinger on the call, those guys... Probably have a little too much fun on the broadcast. Makes it entertaining. Makes yeah, it but they don't get criticized. Fight everybody. <laughs> I, having, I, I come out there. They're having this fun. Is sponsored by Ritz and Crackers and Cheddar Style Squeeze Cheese. <laughs> I got a freaking email. Uh, please don't uh, be critical of cheese and crackers and my kids. <laughs> so, I just so Ridge, Ridge Line and Mountain Crest. My bad. 104.5 FM, 107.7 FM. Your kid sucks and shouldn't have caught the ball. Sorry. And then, finally, it will be <laughs> Bear River at Skyview. 
So Bear River coverage on 104.9 in Box Elder County. Skyview right here on 106.9. The fan, Hurricane John Newbold on the call. Don't forget to stay tuned and pay attention to the broadcast because he will announce the Old Gristmill bread and butter play of the game. And on Monday, we'll ask for it. And if you can correctly identify what it was. Hey, don't forget our bread and butter. You can get four loaves of bread from the old gristmill. So stay tuned for that. So that's the that's the rundown. If you want to see who's playing where, if you didn't follow all of that, we have it all in one place with uh, the, what radio station is going to be on and how to stream it live on your mobile phone, your tablet, your desktop, whatever. We've got the links for that all on cashvalleydaily.com. And just go to the menu, go to sports, local prep sports, and then you'll see the link for local high school football schedule. It has all the details for you right there. So uh, big games in region play uh, tonight, Ajay. And I think that um, obviously I think the, the, the biggest one is the Ridge, Ridge Line Mountain Crest game because of the, the rivalry that exists there. But a game that could be really interesting is the uh, uh, Bear River Skyview game. Uh, if Bear River can play a, a spoiler, how would that affect uh, some of the standings in Mountain Crest could be right there in the hunt? And by the way, give credit to Skyview for the way that, I mean, after you see Mason Falso go down, you kind of wonder if they can regroup, you know, and get themselves back together and, and go on this stretch. Well, they dominate Green Canyon. They dominate Mountain Crest. They've dominated Logan. I mean, they ran rough shot over after this injury where Mason does come back, but he's been playing receiver. This team is extremely talented. They're going to be a very dangerous team come state playoff time, no matter who faces them. What's really interesting is, Eric, you know, we say this is the region finale matchup, but there's a very strong chance that a few of these teams could see each other in the first round of the state playoffs. So just stay tuned for that. I should say, too, that really um, the the Skyview's outcome tonight doesn't matter. Yeah. Skyview's going to wrap up the region championship. <clears throat> yeah. Because uh, they beat Mountain Crest earlier in the year. So even if in their standings they're tied, Skyview has the tiebreaker. But Mountain Crest is going to try to stay in that top 10 uh, Bear River does have a chance if, if they beat Skyview and if Mountain Crest loses, they could leapfrog and get back into the top 10. So a couple different things at play there with uh, the region games going on. I also want to mention, too, that there's uh, the high school girls soccer tournament gets underway this weekend. A number of different schools are involved. A couple of them have a first-round bye, the way that it works. Both Green Canyon and Ridgeline have a bye, so they don't play this weekend. But uh, Mountain Crest is playing Tooele. That'll be tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And uh, that'll be at Mountain Crest. And then Logan and Bear River play each other. That'll also be at 1 o'clock, and that'll be in Logan. And so Green Canyon, next week on Wednesday, they'll play the winner of Juan Diego and Crimson Cliffs. And meanwhile, Ridgeline, they await the winner of Ben Lomond and Dixie. So those are some of the games that are going on in high school soccer. Wish those girls the best of luck. You know, I remember when Mountain Crest back in the day, 
just roamed the soccer world. I, I mean, they were so talented. Um, Naomi Phillips is one of the best players I ever saw play the game. Anna Baugh, Naomi Phillips, so like Kim Crosby is really good. I mean, that whole girls' soccer team, every year at Mount Chris, they were expected to win the ring championship and then be in the state championship. That was their only expectations. Anything less than that was a failure. It was incredible. And then they just go dominate teams. Just absolutely destroy teams on a regular basis. It was one of the best soccer eras I've seen ever in my life, in boys or girls. Uh, How come girls are so good at soccer and boys just suck? I wouldn't say the boys. Men, the men's soccer no. team for U.S. really sucks. The women's soccer team just dominates everybody. All right, we're talking you the national team? We'll talk whatever, that's a man. whole other ball of wax. No, it's not a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, because it's the level of interest and participation in one country versus another one. You went from high school to international like that. Yeah, well, it's the same thing. No, no, it's not. Uh, Ridgeline's had a really good girls' soccer program, and uh, they've had a really good season uh, at the top of their region most of the year. Um, and so they come in as the number two team overall in the state in the standings. Green Canyon is number four. So uh, good luck to both of them. And they, if it works out, there's a chance they could face each other in the championship. They're on opposite sides of the bracket of each other. Mm -hmm. so we'll see. So best of luck to the uh, girls in these soccer uh, playoffs that begin tomorrow. For some of these schools, Green Canyon and Ridgeline, they wait to see what happens on Wednesday to see who they play. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, let's get into Major League Baseball. There was a, one game last night. We've got another game going on tonight. The National League and American League Championship Series are now set. But um, who's going to be there? And what happened last night in another critical Game 5 in the playoffs? We'll discuss that coming up a little bit later on. We'll also do our five best. What are the five best college football rivalries? We've got a couple of them, a couple big rivalries this weekend. Do those games make it on the top five? We'll discuss that coming up on the Full Court Press. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest. Presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the grand prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Big game in Major League Baseball last night. Finally, we know who is going to be playing in the American League Championship Series and the National League Championship Series. Had to wait until last night. We had three game fives. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think all three of them were kind of unexpected, weren't they? 
to say the least. I mean, maybe St. Yeah, Louis and Atlanta, so. you might want to saw, saw five, but the other two, definitely not. I think the question for tonight, the NLCS 608, uh, is your start time for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals as they host the Washington Nationals. Eric, which team has juice left in the tank? I mean, both those series took a lot out of their teams, um, especially the Nationals. How much do they have left in the tank right now? Um, they've only had one day to really reset. For Washington, they had to travel yesterday and get ready for St. Louis. And now they're playing today. Max Scherzer will not be pitching tonight. He pitches game two instead. Um, but how and, – and that bullpen too. I mean, I just – it's going to be running on fumes at this point, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, in, in fact, Mike Schilt says that uh, he their, the Nationals' bullpen was really solid against Los Angeles. But you're right. Short rest. They had, they've had to travel a lot farther than the Cardinals had to for their series. Uh, but uh, Schilt says that the the uh, Cardinals aren't afraid of the Nationals and their pitching staff. You know, the great thing about sports is that anything can happen on any given day, uh, regardless of, you know, how many Cy Young awards you have, how many All-Star games you have, how many strikeouts, you know, their staff has. Uh, it's baseball, you know, that stuff is in the past. You know, it's stuff you got to look at. Uh, they got a great pitching staff, but it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Uh, he also just he wasn't really surprised to see the Nationals take down the Dodgers. No, you see a good ball team. You know, we we've there's no surprise to that. That's a that's a team that um, for the last several years has been a very 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 good team and um, a lot of good players. You know, deep starting staff. You know, it's a it's a complete team that um, is playing well and deserves to be in the same opportunity that we have and and looking forward to the competition. Look, <laughs> you just gave me was so good. <laughs> just, just need a little beat there. Hey, now I feel when I'm running that dang thing, man. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, the first one was Mike Nicholas, not Mike Schilt. Both guys were Mike, and my thing here was not really showing. Everything. And he got beat music running <laughs> over the audio. I mean, it's just one of those things, uh, uh, you know. And and. St. Louis is going to say all the right things, Eric. Well, they yeah. aren't going to sit there and be like, "You will, geez, yeah, it's a surprise to us." And the Dodgers won 106 games. What the crap is Washington? No, they don't doing belong here? there. Sheesh. But we're grateful to face Washington because we don't want to see LA Dodgers. They aren't going to say that. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, give credit to the Nats for getting to where they are. Now you got to finish off a very, very hot. Um and momentum. I mean, this this Cardinals team just beat the Braves thirteen to one in Game Five on the road. They don't lack any confidence right now, and now they get. I mean, Eric, they were supposed to be going to L.A. They were supposed to be playing in L.A. The Dodgers. Instead, they get a home game, and they get the Nationals, who are I mean, off an emotional emotional win. Like it's, I mean, no, that's gotta be exhausting right now. So they get an exhausted Washington national team at home. I just don't see how the Cardinals can lose Game One. I don't know about the series, but Game One, I don't see how the Cardinals lose it. Cardinals have a, much as I hate to admit it, they have a very successful postseason history. 
Uh, this will be their 10th National League Championship Series that they participated in since 2000. It could be their fifth World Series appearance since 2004. <laughs> That's amazing. So, very, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's a club that is used to success and believing in themselves and doing what's necessary to to keep winning. Yeah, I like it. Um, last night Astros destroy the Rays. Garrett Cole was just sparkling, um, allowing what one run on I want four hits or something like that. I I like the stats right. I mean, the Rays just never threatened at all. They trailed for nothing early, and they were just out of it. They just, I mean, they they gave everything they could in the first four games, and by game five, I think you know after their, you know their Tyler gets pretty much just battered, you know, battered by this by this Astros offense that finally was able to break through that brick wall and get something going. Rays had nothing left in the bullpen, and I just think they were exhausted. Yeah, the, give the Astros credit for how they jumped out early. Uh, the, what's his name? Uh, now all of a sudden my mind is going crazy. The starting pitcher for Astros for Tampa last night. Yeah, Tyler uh, Glass. Uh, now, I think, yeah, uh, he admitted he felt he went back and watched the tape. It said he was clearly tipping his pitches, and so the Astros were able to get a quick early look at what he may be doing, and they took advantage of it and punished him early. Four runs in the first. But you're right, Garrett Cole was had another outstanding performance on the mound. What was his line? Do you have it? Eight innings pitched, one earned run, ten strikeouts, two bases on ball. Good heck. How many hits? Um I didn't see that. Hang on here. I mean, still ten strike. I mean just two hits. Sizzling. Two hits? Two hits. Oh, jeez. And because he was able to stay on the mound for that long, these guys are going to be fresh. Their whole bullpen's going yeah, to be great. That's the thing is that their whole bullpen. And now, now remember here who's been sitting back waiting for us. Well, yeah. So on the other side, they're thinking, yeah. well, we're fresh too. We're, we've been waiting here for a little bit. What's taking you guys so long? Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Eric, this could be the most awaited ALCS series since 2004 when the Yankees and Red Sox went at it. This is how good this series could be. The hottest, the two hottest hitting teams in the league, Eric. Not just the AL, but the whole league itself. Two really great pitching staffs, both starting and bullpen. Very, very good defenses on both sides. Like there, I mean, it might be the first to blink. It will be the first to lose this game. I am so excited. That is the Astros and Yankees. That is one thing Major League Baseball wanted, and to be quite honest, desperately needed. Yeah. Uh, this is Garrett Cole after the game last night, um, just talking about the the win, the the series that they just went through, and the type of season they've had overall. It's a really hard fought series. I mean, a lot of credit to the Rays. They had an unbelievable season. They put up an unbelievable fight. Really challenged us. Fortunately, we were able to take the lead early and um, play really outstanding defense, and then finish it off with a couple homers. So, um, just an outstanding series and. Uh, just, you know, elated for the fans. I mean, they just have had such a great time and they've had such great support for us. So now the or the Astros have to turn around and prepare for a Yankees team, which has been, as you said, they've been sitting back on a lounge chair, just eating popcorn, watching games. <laughs> but uh, A.J. Hinch uh, talked a little bit after the game, saying that it's going to be a challenge facing the Yankees. 
we've been, you know, the two best teams in the American League, and, and they're really good, and they're playing really well. You know, I think in um, the way they match up their bullpen is is has not been too dissimilar to Tampa, maybe not as aggressive as, as they are, but they've gotten healthy, um, and so have we. You know, we've, we haven't really played a series where both teams have been completely healthy and completely armed for, and so we're about to buckle up and, and get to a seven-game series to see who represents the American League in the World Series. Yeah, I expect this to go all 15 rounds between the Astros and Yankees, and I'm not even kidding. This is giving me a slobber knocker fight. And you're going to see both managers kind of pull out everything they can, all their stops to make sure they can get the upper hand in this. And this is going to be a gamesmanship contest. I am so excited about the series. My question to you, Eric, and it's a question that we ask often in these kind of things, when you have one team rested, one team that's just coming off a brutal, you know, beat you up series that goes to the limits, who has the advantage? Yankees for resting or the Astros with the momentum? Well, yeah. I, see, going into the regular, from uh, from out of the regular season into the playoffs, we looked at what happened to the Dodgers and felt like that was a team that had it all wrapped up for weeks. And maybe that got to them a little bit. They weren't quite as sharp as they needed to be when it came time to perform. Um, Yankees were able to dispatch the Twins in three games. And the the Astros have been in a battle uh, for them in um, uh, against the Rays. Started out strong, struggled in games three and four, and then came back real strong again in game five. So they've, uh, they've got a little bit more of a rhythm or momentum kind of coming into the next next series. But the, the postseason is different. Coming to the one round from the next, I think is different than how you come out of the regular season into the postseason. Yeah. Because it's the postseason. You know you already have to be sharp. You know what's on the line. I don't think you can get lackadaisical. Um, now, if they sweep the Astros and, again, have a, a bunch of time before the next round, maybe then that, that uh, we'll get to them a little bit. But um, I, I, I think it'll be pretty sharp. And I, looking at these two teams, I'm having a hard time deciding which team I think is going to come out of it. Mm. I think in the end, for the American League, I find myself leaning more towards the Yankees. Winning this one in six games, though, could easily go seven. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, and I, yeah, easily go seven. You know, I remember back in '98 when the Bulls, Jazz had just taken care of the Rockets in ho hum fashion, and we're waiting for the Pacers Bulls series to finish up. At game five, it went game six, and then it went to a game seven, where finally the Bulls were able to end Reggie Miller and the Pacers. After the game, Jordan was asked, you know, about the fatigue and how much it could play in the factor to go to Utah and face a resting Jazz team who have been sitting back after in five games, again, dispatched the Rockets. And Jordan said, you know, our bodies are tired, but our hearts and minds are not. And it's just having that, like, killer instinct, that will to win. Jordan would do whatever it takes, right? I mean, he would do whatever it takes to go win a championship. Does the Astros have that in them where after dealing with the Rays and having to use a chunk of bullpen and just trying to get through it, finally get rid of the Rays, now have to get ready for this loaded Yankees team that's been sitting and waiting for a while just to get to the, just to get the ALCS started. 
does that willingness to win and that willingness to you know get themselves going. By the way, is that series at Houston or New York to start? Are they on the road at New York? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was Houston. Is it Houston? Why? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just want to make sure. But even if it is at Houston, it is in Houston. Is it? So I mean, New York's had plenty of time to prep, you know, and ready themselves for this. You know, whether they're going to Houston, I think they expected to go to Houston. To be honest with you, Um, and and we're planning on that. But again, just how much do you have in you to go will yourself to a win? Getting game one would be really imperative for the for the Astros. Isn't it weird to say that? For the Astros who were exhausted in this five-game series to go get game one would be more imperative for them than the Yankees because I feel like the Yankees can make that ground up. Astros, well, it just depends. But you can't lose home field advantage. Now, the other advantage for the Astros is that they didn't have to travel anywhere after game five, um, unlike either the Nationals or the Cardinals, who both had to travel no matter what it was for game five for them. But um, the the Astros they won their game five last night. They get to stay home and and prep for the Yankees who will be in town tomorrow. Um, but there is a bit of a momentum thing that it's a, that the Houston has on its side. Uh, Zach uh, Greinke will be on the mound, projected for Houston. Uh, Tanaka for the Yankees. So that that is, I think, is going to be a really fun series. I not to overlook what's going on in the National League because I'm I'm more of a National League guy. I prefer to watch the National League, but I think that is the better series. That's going to be a I think a great series to watch. Yeah, yeah, it could be one of the better ones we've seen in a while, Eric. Honestly, there's so much to it. I mean, just the history that the Astros have had exactly. over the last few years. And the history that the Yankees have had over the last 30 something years. And this historic experience with the Yankees. You have this new on the rise dynasty and this dynasty that was in Smith since 1928 or whatever it is, right? And then you have just the, I mean, the legendary. When you walk into Yankee Stadium, you feel it. You feel Babe Ruth, Derek Jeter, Luke Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio. The whole, I mean, murders wrote, you feel every bit of it. Does that sound cheesy? Sure. But you're, look, players in the past have said it, that when they walk in Yankee Stadium, it's almost intimidating because you know what, you know what belongs there. You know what is a part of the history there. And for the Astros, look, Joe, uh, Jose Altuve, um, where's Tyler Knowles when you need him? Uh, give me Bregman, Alex Bregman. Um, I mean, they, I mean, there's just this list of guys, and Justin Verlander becomes a part of it. But they have all these young kids up and coming who have taken over the baseball world by storm, and a project that had to go about three years, you know, in AAA and building it to where it is now. But when it got there, my goodness, this team has been a machine. This is going to be a fun series. I see it, like you said, Eric, and I've already agreed to you. It's going seven, and I'd be I'd be stunned if it didn't. Uh. The Yankees and the Astros, they faced each other in the postseason just a few years ago, right? Yeah, in yeah. Uh, 2015. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Well, 15 and in 17, uh, the Astros won uh, both of those games. Um, so there's there's been a little bit of a history between those two clubs. 
Uh, I, I don't, and I think that Houston doesn't fall prey to this little piece of wisdom from uh, from a Mister Abignale. next okay stop grinning when i get inside you go back to the front seat and wait even if a cop comes and writes you a ticket you don't move the car understood dad what, what's all this for you know why the yankees always win frank because they have mickey man no it's because the other teams can't stop staring at those damn pins what pin movie strikes. is that catch me if you can that's a great movie you haven't seen that movie I've never heard of it oh man Sounds like an old movie, though. Is it an old movie? Uh, it's got Leonardo DiCaprio. It's oh, I got love, Tom Hanks. I Leo, I love Leo DiCaprio. It's a based on a, tr- a true story. Oh yeah, a um, guy who was a con man. Yeah, who flew planes, or Matt hopped Damon, on planes, and uh, Robert De Niro. <laughs> no. Yeah, Christopher Walken was the is played his dad. It's a great cast, great show. Yeah, Christian Bale was the opponent. I remember that one. People can't stop staring at the pinstripes. All right. Um, <laughs> now, uh, oh, thoughts about the National League Championship Series. Who have you got in that one? Who do you like to advance the World Series between the Nationals and the Cardinals? I mean, that's put a little bit of pressure on them, but I do like the Cardinals in six. So Cardinals will host game one, um, and it starts tomorrow at about uh, 2 o'clock our time on TBS. Yankees at Astros will be about 6 o'clock on Fox. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to think in, Wait, that next, in the National League. Is, is tonight's game on Fox? Is that right? Or is it TBS? Tonight's game is on TBS. Okay. Sorry. You're right. That, that was game two. No, no, no. You're game right. Game one is tonight. So would the Astros-Yankees game be on Fox then, you think? With that, I just don't know how they're if they're going to switch up TV with that or. Yeah, tomorrow's game one between the Yankees and the Astros will be on Fox. What time's that at? Six o'clock. So you're telling me, you're telling me we have four matchups of highly ranked college football teams and one ALCS game on tomorrow. Oh, oh, that's good. Uh, for me, the Nationals and Cardinals, uh, both have have. Uh, had a lot of confidence the way that they've kind of stuck in there and, and hung in there and fought hard. Uh, I think that the, the the Cardinals were always close in their games and just found ways to win. The Nationals had some games where they were pretty dominant. But the Cardinals didn't get blown out, really, in any of their games. No. No, they didn't. They were, they were in a majority of them. But then again, that just tells you how mentally tough that team is to come out 13-1 winners on the road in game five against Atlanta. And now again, like I mean, I cannot imagine how relieving it was not just win game five, turn around and watch the Washington Nationals exhaust themselves and then win and then being like, oh my gosh, we don't have to get on a plane. We get a play here at Bush Stadium. And I just, I mean, I can't imagine just the crowds and people just flooding to the stadium to get their tickets for uh, game one. And I all can't wait, cannot wait. All right, so uh, that's what's going on with Major League Baseball and the playoffs. Uh, game one tonight in the, in the NLCS on TBS just after 6 o'clock. Uh, coming up next, there was another game that was going on last night. This one was in the NFL. It has something to do with our pick six. We'll update you on that. Also next hour, we'll get into 
uh, what's going on this weekend in college football. It has something to do with our Friday Five Best. There's some great rivalries on the schedule this weekend, which asked, which made us ask, what are the five best college football rivalries? And uh, we've got a few responses come in. Still love to get a few more. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at E. Franson. He's at AJ Salvi. We'll discuss our Friday Five Best and to look at what's gone on, going on around the Mountain West next hour here on the Full Court Press. Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. So let it be written. So let it be done. Welcome back to Full Court Press. The heck was that? That's that's about you whining about the pick six. Okay, no. When I want to make a change, if it hasn't been posted yet, I'm allowed to make a change. Yes. No, you, yes. You said what it was. Yes. I wrote it in no, ink. No, you did not. I thought you could have scratched it out right here. moved on to the right next here. thing. You could have scratched it out and said, okay, wait. You already moved under. on. We hadn't already moved on. I was still in the middle of pick six. Anyways, uh, I've put a protest up for this one, which means this will not be validated win or loss for me. That it will not so let it be written. So let it be done. Okay, no one cares what Gary Oldman once said in 1965. <laughs> okay? It was not Gary Oldman. That was More Gary like 1956, Oldman. 1956, not 19- Anyway. Oh, it's Andy Griffith. Or is that Matlock? Matlock. Starring Leslie Nilton. Uh, yeah. So, in, our, in the game last night, the NFL game, New England Patriots, oh, man. New York Giants. I about broke some things. That game was closer than a lot of us thought it was going to be. It shouldn't have been. You know, the protection was horrible for Brady. Now, granted... Eric, they went into a one-personal grouping offensively for the whole entire second half because of injuries. You lose Josh Gordon. You lose your fullback who they just put on the IR. He's the seventh man to be on the IR, injured reserve, for the New England Patriots this year. They can only activate two after week eight. That's a list. And so, you know, they, I mean, they're limited offensively. They're definitely limited defensively. But defensively, they came up huge. They get that pick for a six. They get the fumble scoop and score. They also had the block punt for a block touchdown. Um, uh, Chase Winovich gets the, uh, gets the catch in the end zone. He's became a fan favorite. And on the other side, you know what's interesting about Daniel Jones and the difference, the difference between him and Tom Brady? Tom threw, a, uh, Tom threw a pick on the ensuing play after he knew that he just got a pick. And you see Tom, he just softly, calmly unbuckles his straps, runs off the field, sits down with Josh, and they start discussing the play with Julian Edelman. Daniel Jones throws a pick, or he doesn't convert a third down. He angrily rips off his chin strap. He's, you know, yelling at himself, walking off the sideline. He's glaring at a receiver. He has his hands in his head. I mean, you see the picture of him with Eli Manning staring at the Microsoft tablet and freaking... Daniel Jones is like a five-year-old sitting there with his hands in his face thinking what's gone wrong in his life. That's the difference between being a rookie and a 20-year veteran saying, hey, look, bad things happen in football. There's another series to come. 
not bad things happen in football. I'm about to lose my job back to Eli Manning. <laughs> so it was 21-14 at the half. Uh, nobody did really much in the third. And then the Giant, or excuse me, the Patriots started to pull away like many of us suspected they they would and, and should in the fourth quarter. But um, kind of surprising how close that game was for a good portion of it. But turnovers was a big problem, as you've talked about. That was one of our pick six line items was Patriots forced turnovers versus the Giants. The line was set at one and a half. They actually had three. Yeah, we both took the over in that one. Uh, and look, no Saquon Barkley, this team just can't find a rhythm. They need a running game. You know, they have a ton of injuries on their side too, and so they're hurting a lot. But yeah, it's 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 been a problem for both teams. Patriots got to get their crap figured out soon because when you get Kansas City and Dallas at home in the second half of the year, you're not going to get away with that stuff. Yeah. Um, so early on, uh, early week game, kind of somewhat early season. Both teams kind of sloppy, but then they started to settle in. At least New England did more than the Giants did. Um, so, yeah. It, anyway, uh, there's going to be some interesting games this weekend uh, in the NFL. Um, and, uh, Ajay, I think one game particularly that stands out to me is that uh, Texans-Chiefs game on CBS, one of the early kickoffs. I, I think that's going to be really one of the games to watch and pay attention to on Sunday. Yeah, two great quarterbacks, two teams that are playing some interesting variety of how they're approaching the game. Um, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest games to pay attention to. Who do you like in that game? I'm going to go with. Uh, I know that Mahomes is a little hobbled with the with ankle, uh, but it's at their place, so I'm going to go with Kansas City. Yeah, you know Deshaun Watson's been on the road a lot of times in some tough environments. I like Houston in this game. If they can continue to develop the running game and take some pressure off of Watson, they have a good chance, especially on the defensive side. Someone like J.J. Watt and uh, Clowney on the opposite sides, I, I think they can provide some pressure to Mahomes and, and maybe force him into a mistake. The other game I think I'm going to be paying attention to is Saints at Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars have kind of uh, found a new spark with Gardner sure Minshew at the quarterback. Uh, Saints, how they're doing without Drew Brees. This game is in Jacksonville, and uh, they're actually favored by two points. You think Jalen Ramsey plays? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. What a joke that's become, That's still going. Yep. Uh, One last game is interesting, Eagles at Vikings. I think that could be a really fun matchup, too. What would he do? (laughs) All right, next hour we'll talk about college football, the games that are on tap this weekend. There's some really big games, interesting rivalries, historic rivalries. And what's going on in the Mountain West? We'll discuss all that coming up next hour right here. And the Utah Jazz on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. You may not have noticed, but Tom Brady passed Peyton Manning for number two on the all-time passing yardage list last night. I understand if there's no parade on the streets of Boston today. On the list of Brady's accomplishments, this feels pretty low. Probably because he has six championships, and any other stats pale in comparison. Or maybe it's because passing numbers just aren't what they used to be. A change in philosophy throughout the NFL and some friendly rules have made passing numbers almost meaningless. If you're going to make the argument that Brady is the greatest of all time, there's no need to pull up the stats. Of course, he has bigger numbers than Joe Montana or Johnny Unitas, but that's not what puts him at number one on the list. There's so much more. Leadership, cool under pressure, the ability to stay on top of his game for two decades. So number two on the all-time passing list is impressive. But it's just one of the many reasons we should celebrate Tom Brady's remarkable career. And oh, by the way, there are those six Super Bowl championships. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise 